Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're talking about the 3A NFT rules. I think we got about eight of them. Maybe we'll make up more as we go along. I'm just kidding. We have really... The things that we've been saying about NFT buying and selling and surviving. I thought this was more of a declarative statement. You were saying 3A NFT rules. I, I just understood. All right, new intro. We rule. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and we have rules. I think the rules are helpful. And I'll, I'll make the case. We'll make the case for these rules. Uh, and that's why we roll. See what I did there? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, You're still listening. Thanks. You're still listening. Up with Thank you. Terrible. Why attempts at jokes? <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get into some NFT news? We've got uh, some Reddit. We've talked about how they're get, launching an NFT marketplace and they have launched this. They're calling a avatar and I mean, the avatar and digital collectible marketplace. It seems like they're actually really trying to get away from the term NFT. If that's what it takes, that's fine. But it's a digital good that is stored in a crypto wallet it's based on the solana blockchain and you can you actually can pay in usd i think that's pretty cool you don't have to worry about that part of it um and we've talked about that a bit you know when when the uh the back end becomes sort of invisible to the end user you know it's a big upgrade and uh, it seems like what they're doing here they said if you purchase one of its limited edition nfts you'll have licensing rights to use it on and off reddit as an avatar I think I understand that. Yeah, so we've got listing prices. Looks like they are anywhere from $10 up to 100 There's no auctions, fixed price. But yeah, so this is what they're launching with. You know, I, I like the idea that they're just trying something a little different here, bringing it to, um, I mean, to a, Reddit already has some of these, uh, I don't know, sort of financial, uh, you, can, you can buy, you know, different packages in reddit and to be able to you know to tip and stuff in the uh in the ecosystem so in a way they you know i think users are pretty accustomed to uh to that in some ways and i think you know having a low cost way to get in and be able to use uh, a fiat currency to get on um to the platform is, is pretty big yeah big onboarding looking at this as also on polygon which i'm long polygon so i like to see that and it's Web2 adopting. It's Web2 adopting uh, Web3 standards and integrating them. It'll be interesting to see if Reddit communities do what they always tend to do in some ways is rebel and, and refuse. So it's it's kind of like a Reddit hallmark. It'll be fun to see what uh, and what new subreddits end up coming out of this. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure it won't be uh, exactly um, unanimous welcoming of this uh, change here. All right, we've got, oh, yeah, we've got Ethereum has moved a step closer. The uh, the trial run on the Sepoil te- Sepolia Trust Testnet. Oh, boy. 
um, has completed. Um, so they're moving ahead shortly with the go early testnet. That will be the final testnet before deploying the merge on the, the live Ethereum network on mainnet. Um, so it's looking like that could still happen in September. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about this a bit, but you know, it is, it is big. It's, you know, not necessarily NFT focus, but it's going to affect the, you know, the whole Ethereum ecosystem, even if it is sort of a backend change. Yeah, I think it's been talked about for two years, right? This thing's, it's been coming, it's been coming. And it's important to note that this won't impact gas fees. I think that's like a pretty common misnomer out there. It's not going to impact gas fees. However, let's just be honest, the stability of the underlying currency of NFTs, if it's more stable, if it's more adopted, and frankly, this is going to definitely do that because of the way they're moving value, extracted value from miners into the holders of Ethereum is a probably a good macro sign for, for NFTs uh, long, long term. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is big. Um, you know, we'll see what's happening with ETH at the time, but you know, it is, it's, it, it's a big in the narrative shift as well. And, and being able to say that it's, um, not as, uh, or much more, uh, environmentally friendly at that point. So, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that, um, that aspect. And I think that narrative has been driving up ETH, you know, in this overall, like basically like recession bear type of narrative market. Yeah, I think that is a thing that has been pulling up uh, the prices of ETH a bit, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Right? <laughs> it's like, it's $500. Like, uh, what is he talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> careful. Who knows? All right. So we've got this, uh, we've got a Corvette that just went unsold. This was Chevy, Chevrolet, you know, not Dutch Chevy's that the restaurant, um, they had a, uh, NFT came with a free Corvette Z06 in a one of one color. I believe, I believe it's a one of one color, a minted green. Um, I, you know, it's, it's big news that it went, um, that it didn't get any, uh, bids, although I believe it was. I can't find the, uh, the minimum bid. I mean, it was, I think it was over 200,000, um, us dollars. So, you know, it was a, a sizable minimum bid here, but, uh, yeah, did it fail to get any collectors and, you know, you could definitely see in a bull market, um, someone pulling the trigger on that. Yeah. It's like, know the timing, right? Like this is not a high end, good luxury moment. So yeah, you kind of deserve to get egg on your egg on your car here. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be part of a super rare event during NFT NYC. So, uh, didn't, didn't work as planned. <laughs> that's, uh, that's been the case for a lot of people recently. All right. So we've got the Odyssey campaign. So this has been going on on Arbitrum. I shouldn't say it's been going on. It started on Arbitrum and this was a, uh, intended to be a big onboarding event in that you could per, uh, complete different challenges each week, collect NFTs, the, a, the the idea being that uh, the NFTs would likely result in air an airdrop at, uh, in the future. Uh, the campaign was too successful when they kicked it off. There were too many people using the network, and they realized they need to actually complete some upgrades that they had planned before uh, before really trying to do this onboarding campaign. So they paused this. Um, 
it is worth keeping an eye on trying to collect these NFTs. Um, once they do uh, restart arbitr this, this Arbitrum Odyssey, so if you care about the Arbitrum Odyssey, you know, just be aware of it and, you know, try to keep an eye out for when they are restarting that. Um, good way to, you know, try to use the network, collect NFTs, and, you know, hopefully those will uh, be worth something um, when they do their airdrop. Yeah, it's just, it's a big fail, I gotta say, because Arbitrum is a layer two meant to scale uh, Ethereum and they're trying to onboard a bunch of new people and like, just, it's the exact opposite of, of what you want. Hey, 100,000 people, 200,000 people, jump on and use this because crypto is finally ready and then we crash because too many people came. I... There's lessons to be learned and it seems relearned by organizations that are trying to do this. But every time you slam the door and a bunch of new users faces, you're setting back the whole freaking industry. So yeah, that's long point. And, well, and there are other layer twos to go to. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, uh, you know, and as we know, the tension chance. It's kind of interesting because the bankless, the bankless team is always so positive Arbitrum because they're consultants on it. So they can't really speak their truth. Uh, we are not consultants on it. And truthfully, that was dumb. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> well, it seems if they knew that they have this in the works anyway to upgrade the network, why wouldn't you want to up finish that upgrade before you brought people on? Uh, I mean, all right. Well, moving on, I guess. Who knows? Oh, all right, George. Well, it looks like last episode uh got you a little more excited about more ens domains and uh you're bringing that to us this week um more ens domains are affordable project we talked about it last episode a bit and how they've been they just keep they stay hot people keep buying these and you wouldn't spill much of your alpha this or last week but you know maybe we'll go over some ideas today yeah i mentioned last time that i was in my professional uh ecosystem paying attention to philanthropic startup concepts, ideas, and even sort of slogans that are, are opportunities that people could build companies around. I might build something around, but I wanted to park it because I'm like, ah, man, if people are buying these up, I don't want to have basically, you know, I've been in the game for long enough and been, uh, been privy to domainers, people that bought domains in the nineties and early two thousands and like parked on a whole bunch of stuff. And it's, it's a behavior I'm starting to see here, but I'm also bullish long-term on Ethereum as one of, if not maybe one of the larger ones that are going to be in the game. And the ENS <clears throat> address, and you know more about this technically than I do, but it, it lets you mask your, you know, wonky hashed freaking uh, wallet ID into something that looks cool, right? So when I'm bidding on my little nouns, you see like this wackadoodle called mostlystable.eth posting stuff. And you're like, oh, that's... <laughs> Uh, maybe somebody I won't bid against, whatever, right? It, it is part of your social identity, especially if we're using these wallets to log in and be shown. So there is inherent value there. And at a macro level, right? Fundamentally, like you can buy, is this correct? Any ENS.eth, you can buy any .eth for the same amount, right? On the open market. Well, the uh, three letter and four letter um, for character domain, I'm sorry, it, or domain names um even <laughs> names the ethereum names have are at a premium i can't recall i'll look it up here but those are a little bit more the rest of them are all the same that's 0.005 i believe um per year so a pretty nominal fee um yeah well you do the math here's the thought 
There are so five dollars a year. I'm sorry for tar- okay. for names that are five characters or longer. Four character names cost one sixty a year, and three character names cost six hundred and forty dollars a year. So you know those are getting pricey. Three character names, and I, I don't think that there's many uh, three character na- names left. I'm sure you could find some though if you start putting in uh, alt alt characters. Uh, but yeah, at five dollars a year, those are whew, you can you can you can stock up. Yeah. So here's the play. I'm not looking for those type of opportunities. I'm I'm saying they're like four or more. And here are the categories where I, I would shop. I've already mentioned one, which is startups and concepts that are in your sphere of understanding. Like you're listening to this, know more about widgets or this type of market than other people do. What would be the logical companies that might be started there? or might be existing there and and does it make sense to grab those domain uh domains ahead of time and park them for while gas is cheap and while you know the the market is where it is right now uh, so that's that's one area to shop in another one again our existing company names like in those spheres are at larger like going through i think a lot of those company names have been snapped up um I uh, may have noticed Ransom going after some niche brands uh I won't I won't out you on this but I saw you pick up a little uh, a little clothing brand here or there. And oh, man. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, another one is celebrity names. Uh, and so, you know, even famously like Yeezy, uh, you know, Kanye West made a whole big freaking stink about how the fact that he wasn't going to go near NFTs uh, and then just bought his own ENS name back for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, okay, that's interesting. Uh, there are probably still a large swath of celebrities and musicians and groups that haven't thought about their .eth names. Like, I don't want you to be scammy and spammy about this, but if I'm just being brutally honest, like there's probably some alpha there. It's not where I would choose to, I I don't know. I would have run the easy play actually, if I had that thought early enough. You know, there's, I mean, I think it's worth keeping an eye on these because I mentioned that there's different groups that seem to pop up and, you know, at different times we mentioned how like the four digit uh, numbers, you know, there's, 10,000. Those of those have become kind of a club. Um, and those have extra value. Of course, the three digit numbers uh, certainly hold a lot of value. Um, and recently there's been, um, other groups that have kind of popped up. I think, you know, you gotta keep in mind that unlike domains, you can put a lot of other characters in there. Um, so you can, there are some emojis and, um, you know, things that are used much more in the uh, web three world and they are just in, in digital communication in general now. So you can get a little creative with these and, and try to look for different things. Um, you know, I'd say if, if you are, you know, try to think of even sayings or, or common term, or maybe even like someone, you know, uncommon terms, like the real insider terms that people might use in an industry that, um, you know, try to think of something like that, that if you know it well, that something is relatively common or, you know, something that really people inside the, uh, inside that area really would understand what that means. And it's just one word, try to think of something like that. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, just, it's fun to just play around with and get creative. You know, I said that it can be frustrating when you go on and there's a bunch that are taken, but it's uh, it's a little addicting in that you just keep keep looking for more and more. Yeah, the slogans are another one where you could imagine, you know, I, Nike was buying up a lot of their own sort of variations on like the the just do it's and those elements, but there are definite opportunities I think still in, in those pieces because it's with the market 
size that we have. There just haven't been enough buyers to buy every single iteration variation that the English language affords. So yes, you're, you're going to bump into a lot of failed attempts at first. And so if you, if you, if your first thought will be knocked out, let's just, I'll call it there, but I'm still seeing opportunities. I know, uh, you know, I mentioned I bought a couple and there's still a lot of my waiting list. If anything, I'm having to be diligent about not buying these. So uh, my recommendation would be to, yeah, like you said, go on there, play with some of these ideas, shop in these, in these areas. And also, by the way, when something new comes out, if there's a new trend, um, you know, the gentle minions trend right now, for instance, like I can go check, let's see if I can get a gentle minions, but you could find uh, trends that are on the rise. Create a list. Don't just go buying all of them blindly. Um, let's see, gentle minions. You can actually um, add them to some a favorites group. list and watch them. Um, you know, so it's you know, worth even just doing that sometimes to keep an eye on them. Don't, don't buy them all, right? Oh, hey, you know, make a list, see what actually looks good in a day. You know, if, unless you absolutely find a, uh, <laughs> a great one, you know, cause I think it's pretty easy to, to get a little overzealous when buying those. Yeah. And you get the, you get your own head FOMO. So like come up with that list. Andrew, is there a, is a marketplace w that you trust for looking at already purchased ETH names, studies, marketplaces? Like where I, are people shopping these? I think they're doing it on OpenSea. I don't know. I mean, I'm not it's cold. I don't know where else you do it. <clears throat> Man, a specialty ENS marketplace would be nice, huh? Yeah. Someone. Someone. That's a different, you know, <laughs> we're too busy. <laughs> we're too busy with this podcast to make any real money. So, okay. Yeah. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Oh boy. Well, what, you know, if you're going to be buying domains, you should probably have some rules. So why don't we get into our 3A NFT rules, George? All right. These are hard and fast, never to be changed, etched oh. in the blockchain. I basically went through and I've, I've collected what we said. So number one, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Make small bets. We're all about this, right? Just taking this into account. Like if you had, you know, the idea of one ETH, would you want to just ape into one ETH project, one project and watch that go down versus take 10 separate bets? We're of the mindset that you're better off taking 10 separate bets, finding the next thing, the next thing rising. And it also, you know, mitigates that, that chance to lose. And also let's play the game a little bit more and learn. That's really the other thing you're paying for. Well, I'll just be honest, like I've paid for a, an, a, a very pricey education, but overall I've done it with small bets and I've learned a tremendous amount by doing it. I probably would have learned a lot less if I just bundled it all together and just bought one thing and then walked away. Um, it's a different game. Yeah. I mean, I think this is obviously just super important to keep in mind, especially in light of you know, realizing how many uh, professional money man managers have not stuck by this rule and have bet much more than they even had control of, you know, we can be smarter than that and, you know, take small bets, realize, you know, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to go, going to go down and, you know, realize, recognize that you got to take small bets and that, you know, when that's the, uh, the case. Yeah. It just means you, you, um, you have to find the next thing if, if it fell out of your affordable range. And number two, Buy two when possible. See what I did there? Buy two, when two. There you go. There you go. Right. When we're minting, when we're creating and we have a good thesis, uh, it really makes sense, especially when you're talking about these like, you know, maybe not even free mints, but low mints under 0.1 just to say like, okay, if I have a decent conviction on this, I might as well have one so I can flip it on the way up and hold the other if there's uh, a certain type of value. And there's a number of projects where I, I wish I had done this uh, a bit more. 
and the cost of doing it uh, more than would have been made up by the you know the four win four large wins I had that I was like ah oh, that could be two x so buy two when possible if it's small cost and conviction yeah that. <laughs> yeah I, I mean I like this you know and we're saying to make small bets but I think you know it still is important to get to because you know we're I mean, still making two small bets essentially, but it is also putting a little bit more conviction into the good play and recognizing um, that it gives you options once, uh, you know, uh, down the road, depends on when you are buying. But, you know, I, I do like that rule a lot. Yeah, it allows for, I mean, I know this is not the full essence of dollar cost averaging, but it gives you an attempt at least about averaging your exit uh, once you buy in at that that initial price. Number three, avoid a non-teams. If they are not doxxed, I am really not buying it at this point. I know there's myth, lore, and legend associated with, but it could be the next board eight. But you know what? More often than we're seeing, it could be the next pump and dump. It could be the next scam. If people are not honest about who they are, there is a reason. And I think there's far more downside than upside here. So if you are not doxxed, I am not interested. Yeah, um, yeah. This is one um, I don't. I don't feel quite as strong about this, but I definitely feel mm. strong about looking into the team and being confident in that team um, and making sure that they've done something. Um, yeah, like that's harder to prove with a non. But I also think don't don't get overconfident in in doxed founders just for the sake of being doxed. You know, do some research if they are doxed, and you know, that gives you up to do research. Don't don't stop at the fact that they're docs. You know, look who look into that team and and make sure it is a strong team that has shown some, you know, some level of success in the past. Yeah, because it's it's the team's continued work that is going to provide the utility, not a promise, not a roadmap. It's the capital T yeah. team. Yeah, and I, I do agree that I mean ninety nine, I mean ninety nine percent of the time the team behind the project isn't going to work anyway. But and and you know, docs certainly gives a better. Um, gives it just gives them more to stand on, but you know, go ahead and see what they have done, and you know that does that does help a lot. You know, if somebody has something that they've done in the past and show and can point to it. That's a big help. Number four, don't time the top. Hitting the shoulders and the knees are just fine, meaning that you can hit it on the rise up when you're trying to sell and find a price. Uh, but don't get frustrated. Don't let it you know beat you down when you get there. Uh, and also. Uh, selling at the knees is better than selling at the, like the floor, at the literal floor, the zero, when it goes to zero on its way. So that's where you can have some of that sunk cost fallacy playing and you're like, look, I lost what I lost and that's the game that happened. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it, it's hard to even know sometimes exactly what those, those shoulders and knees are, but the idea is that you, you know, you don't have to wait for it to get back to the top. You're, it also don't. You know, so that you know, if that loser's down, you know, recognize that and realize it's not necessarily coming back. It's more likely turned into zero. Yeah. Number five, decide if the asset is a hodl or a full ahead of time, our good old uh, flip for dear life. And I say it ahead of time because it's important to try to make rational decisions outside of the heat of the moment where. FOMO, where adrenaline, where confusion can set in and you can get a little click happy uh, in, in the moment. So you make that plan and you stick to it uh, in terms of, of holding it. And if you if you are holding it for a long time, holding uh, your NFT, like you should have that type of long-term faith in the, in the utility and, and how that'll survive. But also like 
don't look at it, the price every single day, like I do sometimes, and I shouldn't. All right. Number six, most wallets are losing money flipping NFTs. This is true. This is what you can see in data on OpenSea. We've talked about some of those data and you'll continue to see it. I think this is, this is important that if you're out there thinking like, I'm going to beat the average investor on this type of thing, it's the same as the folks that are day trading stocks on Robinhood and are just losing money. So really, if you're, if you're doing this because you're like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, be flipping on day trading and make a ton, you're like, it's the wrong mindset, I would say. And I would have that healthy dose of reality in the back of your mind to maybe sharpen your decision making. And maybe you can beat the X percent of people. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, like my wallet is technically, you know, profitable, but it would assume that I could sell absolutely every one of my pieces at the price that they deserve to be sold at. And like, eh, that ain't happening today. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important to keep in mind, you know, most people are, are, are losing, you know, the, the biggest wins have come from, from buying and holding, you know, that's, that's what we've seen. And, you know, in, I mean, in most cases in life, and that's what it's been in most assets in life. And that's what it is in NFTs too. And that's when you're going to do best when you're trying to, you know, it, that, when you're we're trying to flip, you know, you, you know, that it ends up being, you know, it works sometimes. And there's a lot of cases it just wipes out all of those wins and then so yeah all right number seven understand and define the utility clearly and really objectively look at it you know we just in our last episode talked about the physical goods we've talked about the value of art capital a art of just the the fact of holding it and what that looks like you know pfps community-based game-based utility like really identify what it looks like, follow that money, follow that value and, and like assess it, uh, hopefully from that perspective. Am I capturing that right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know why you're holding in general, I think, but yeah, to be able to define that utility and, you know, I think, I mean, in some ways you want to know even the cycle of that, you know, where is the utility understand if has that utility been redeemed, you know, understand that part of it too, um, you know, to, uh, to know if you're buying a piece that has already had that utility sort of, uh, redeemed, or if there's future utility, you know, understanding that part of it, especially, you know, especially if it is a utility NFT, it's going to be valued that way. So you've got to look into that part. Which dovetails nicely into rule number eight, which is knowing where you are in the FOMO cycle, in the cycle of that NFT project. Are you at the pre-mint? Are you at the mint? Are you in the 72 hours post-mint? Which is, by the way, a quiet rule of mine, which is I'm not going to buy something 72 hours post-mint. I hope. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> easier said than done. All of these rules. I mean, you know, I think all we've, all, we've both broken each of these rules Consistent. here. And Consist uh, I can look at it. That's why I made them as a rule. Cause I broke it. I'm like, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, knowing where you are in the cycle man, it's so important and it's so easy to get caught in the FOMO cycle. That's why it's a FOMO cycle. I rarely make good decisions. Like I, I have occasionally done it, but it's, it's rare. And so if you're, if you're, you know, pulling that trigger, just be careful also of like the money in the hot wallet and not having too much bad decision juice at your disposal. Yeah. I mean, this is a great, you know, it's great to have this list and, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to like find different ways to say like, yeah, but technically I did it right. And fine. You know, in, uh, you know, how, how you, how, how you get when there's a, when there is something, when there's, when there's something not there and it's just sitting there and you just got to buy it and you realize, well, that just broke three of the rules. <laughs> just broke through. just try to break only one maybe at a time yeah let's try to limit it i know i'm gonna try to um but no I, I, this is this is a good list i think it's good to keep these things in mind you know i think it's even you know worth sometimes and take you know maybe making some notes about why you bought that piece and try to keep that in mind when you're coming back to it and making decisions later on um, about what to do whether the, to hold or, or to sell um, a later point well i know we're incredibly lazy with our own content because we're super busy. I think we turn this into an article and then we like revisit it and be like, okay, should we add some rules here? Uh, I'm curious in our audience, you know, what rules do you have? Do you think we should uh, add and modify? Cause we're, uh, we're not, we're not married to the eight, but I believe there are probably more, but maybe we can, we can, we can flush this out in an article. Yeah. When it gets inspired. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think so. And you know, let us know what we've forgotten here. Cause I'm sure we can add some rules to this list. All right. Well, rule number nine, go leave us a rating. Put a, put a certain number of stars that'll make us happy. Uh, <laughs> it's not letting us you go. We're screwing up uh, and it'll help us grow the little podcast that could. We're well over 100 episodes. I didn't put numbers on them. So it's like, you know, I got to go into the back end, but we're doing, we're doing all right. Woo. Woof. You haven't, yeah, go catch up if you haven't listened to them all. Cool. All right. See you out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.